0: 1060 KDUS Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale, Phoenix.
1: It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp.
0: Cardinals need a play
1: right here from their franchise quarterback. Murray running for his life. Murray trying to buy in time. Murray gets a couple of blockers. Murray's gonna run for it. He's got it. First down, Cardinals. Kyler Murray putting the offense on his back. He runs for 13 and new lay for the Cardinals. It's first and goal. Fake to Singletary. To the air. Dell will dance, dive, and score. What a play. Tank Dell. Touchdown pass, Stroud, six-yard bullet, and Dell with the lunge. And they keep rolling
0: for seven. Jackson.
1: Fires. Caught. Bateman. Touchdown. Of the drive on first down did they just let him score they did. I don't know why but they did Cam Scadaboo looking right at the Arizona State cheering section here at the Rose Bowl 17 yards he's now thrown for one and rushed for another from the 21 Uh-oh. oh look at that peril by Nix! get
0: home in the end zone touchdown Right to Tez. Well, it was their drive, wasn't it? Bo Dix just shows you
1: how resourceful he is. Bo hit the spin on Matt, man, and turned <laughs> that one around and released a strike in the end zone. Arizona first and goal at the three. Quick there for the touchdown.
0: Jacob Kelly. Utah run heavy team going on
1: first down. Once again, Barnes off the screen, got a block from Keaton Bills, and Sione Vaki into open space again, and he is in! Wow, blinding speed! Thompson-Robinson drifting back, stepping up, on the move. Time has expired, he fires, intercepted. Kyle Hamilton, and that's going to end it. Pickett's going to take a chance. deeped up the seam, and it is picked. Intercepted by Nelson. The former Steeler looking for some daylight back inside Steeler's territory. And the first big defensive play for the Texans. As Odunza is on the sideline this time. Panics, cannon shot down the middle. It's a
0: touchdown,
1: Odunza. Leonga lay, throws, caught, touchdown. What a pass. And Deshaun Fenwick, the running back, down the right sideline into the end zone. 20 yard touchdown, and just a disastrous sequence for Colorado. <laughs> Dial 602 260 1060. That's 602 260 1060. Or tweet the show at kdusam AM 1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUS AM 1060. And welcome to the Friday, November 17th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis in today's Sports Zone. Right here on KDUSAM 1060 and Castle HD2 100.7. Cardinals at Texans. Who you got, ATS, on Sunday? Ravens, Bengals. Did the Ravens unofficially clinch the AFC North last night? ASU, Oregon. U of A, Utah. Which is most likely? ASU hangs close, or the U of A wins. Plus, pick any game on this week's NFL or college slate, preferably against the spread, and what else caught your eye since our last show. Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10:15 we'll have a Cardinals-Texans preview. We'll talk with John, uh, Jason Bristol of uh, KHOU 11 in Houston. Get the Texans. A lot going on with the Texans. And they're they're good. They're above 500. Uh, 1130 or so to be interactive action. 602, 260, 1060, and a few local roundup items. Then the final segment of the sports zone of we'll the national roundup, topped by Ravens and Bengals. Thursday night you know, football analysis. It's just kind of uh, who got hurt the least, uh, as it kind of turned out in that game. Not just Joe Burrow. The Bengals lost also two key defensive players, and it doesn't look like any of them are going to be playing anytime soon. Then, after the sports zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. That'll include the Fred's Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats in Spirits. And also, we'll have our weekly NFL prop bet update with Brian Lewis of Pro Football Network. But before all of that, onto the pipeline we go. For today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with a KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is Who you got on a Sunday in Houston, the Cardinals plus five or Texans minus five? And Kayla is here. And has the early returns. That I do. And as the computer is loading here, we have the Texans minus 5 at 63% of the vote. Cardinals plus 5 at 37% of the vote. Both are coming off of wins. That's something we've only been able to say just twice this season about a Cardinals game. (laughs) So there you go. Today's Twitter poll question. Did the Ravens unofficially clinch the AFC North on Thursday night? Kayla, what's going on here? Over on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060 yes, leading the way at 73.3% of the vote, no trailing at 26.7%. The Ravens won Thursday night 34-20 over the Bengals. The Bengals losing Joe Burrow plus defensive backs Cam Taylor-Britt and DJ Turner to injuries. Big deal for them, obviously. Uh, they're not going to win the division this year, I predict, at this point. Also, full disclosure, this question was uh, you know posed uh, before I knew that Mark Andrews is out for the season with the lower leg injury, it's, that was I checked in the second this game ended last night. I was tired. So sorry about that. But still, I think it's a good question. So we're going to stick with it. Meanwhile, on the local front, ASU and the U of A both have home games. The uh, Sun Devils 3-plus touchdown underdogs against Oregon at home, while the Wildcats are a small favorite against Utah. Which is most likely to happen, ASU coming within the three touchdowns of Oregon or the U of A beating Utah? Meanwhile, Spain, the globe, the NFL Sunday slate includes, well, let's say, it lacks hype. There's a grand total of one game on Sunday, one game, matching teams that have winning records, and that's the 6-3 and three Steelers against the 6-3 and three Browns. The quarterback matchup of Kenny Pickett versus Dorian Thompson Robinson, America can't wait for that game to start. Uh, meanwhile, the college slate on Saturday does have four top 25 matchups: Georgia at Tennessee, Washington at Oregon at uh, Oregon State, Kansas State at Kansas, uh, Kansas likely down to its third quarterback, but somehow still ranked, and UVA is uh, hosting Utah. That's the fourth game. Uh, Pick any game on the, uh, preferably against the spread, pick any game on the uh, NFL or college slate for this weekend. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's Sensational Radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602 260 1060, where you can tweet the show at KDUSAM 1060 or Twitter.com slash KDUSAM 1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. <laughs> Coming up next, Corey, will have a news update. That'll be followed by a Texans and Cardinals preview. We'll get the latest on the hot Texans. Jason Bristol will join us from KHOU 11 in Houston. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. We'll get to a little local roundup. Uh, Most likely, if I have time for more than just a couple of items, well, Cardinals-Texans will have a little bit on that for sure. And maybe some ASU hoops from last night. Man, did they get lucky to win that game last night against UMass Lowell. uh, Lowell. Uh, So very fortunate victory for ASU, but it's a victory, so that's all that matters at this point. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2
0: 100.7. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD 2.
1: Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1016 KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, your home to the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. The Texans are above 500. The Cardinals are on a one game winning streak. So we have a showdown in Houston on Sunday. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. For the latest on the Texans, uh, we are now joined in the Sports Zone uh, by. Uh, Jason, uh, Brist, Jason Bristol of uh, K-R-O-L. Jason, uh, good to have you on the show once again. I think that actually what culture is one of the most overused words in sports. Every time a new coach or general manager gets hired, you heard the word culture in some shape or form. However, throw all that aside, I think uh, we go to the Texans with D'Amico Ryan's it seems like culture is a big part, and that certainly got them off to a good start this year, along with some pretty good players that maybe not everybody knew about.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Culture and coaching, really, you know, when you look at this roster, with the exception of <laughs> C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson and Tank Dell, um, it's it's got a similar taste as last year, but when you look at what the coaching has done and obviously having a quarterback and then D'Amico and bringing in this, this culture of, of um, very much what we saw in San Francisco, I think with D'Amico when he was defensive coordinator there, but uh, yeah, it's just a whole different vibe around Houston right now for these, with these Texans. And obviously D'Amico and CJ are, are a huge reason why.
1: Okay, so let's get into this a little more. Uh, you know, next up is you know certainly on my topics of discussion here would be C.J. Stroud. What has impressed you the most about him?
0: How much time do you have?
1: <laughs> so, we we can you go know, a this, while here.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, everything, everything. Uh, he has. I mean, he came from Ohio State, massive program, and I think there was this question of. How will he perform when he doesn't have the best wide receiver crew alongside him? How will he perform when the offensive line isn't the best in the conference or one of the best? And he has proven to be excellent taking care of the football. He's proven to be excellent in close games down the stretch. And when you look at, the demands of being a quarterback in the NFL, media, fans, what have you? He's been excellent at that. So really, the whole package has been has been impressive. But I guess if you if you had to say anything would be number one, I think it's just the way he's taken care of the football. Um, you know, how many times have we seen rookie quarterbacks throw a boatload of interceptions or make bad decisions and Yes, there are probably a couple of passes that here and there that may have been picked off. But when you look at his touchdown to interception ratio, it's just so impressive for a rookie. So I would say that that was the num that's probably the number one thing is his ability to uh, not turn the ball over and and that's a big reason why this team is over five hundred.
1: I've covered the Cardinals for more than 20 years. I've seen a lot of veteran quarterbacks throw boatloads of interceptions. So this this is quite impressive. Uh, <laughs> he's done what he has. Also, yeah, you know, leadership and team captain and so forth. You know that that's unusual for somebody doing that so soon into an organization. So how did he pull that off?
0: By being himself. That's that's the real thing about about CJ. Is that he has from day one come in and just, he's just been himself. And it was pretty, pretty impressive early on when I think Laramie Tunsil, um had posted something on social media that this is our, our QB one and to have the respect of a veteran and all pro highest paid offensive lineman in the game at one point to be like, this is our QB one as a rookie. Uh, he's just been himself. He, is very cognizant of the people around him and what their job is and how important it is to his success. He will never throw anybody under the bus. He will always pick up his offensive lineman, even if, I mean, early on he was, he was getting hit quite a bit. And the offensive line has gone through some issues injury wise, but it seems to be mostly stabilized now. Um, But you know he he has been a leader from day one, and I think it's just the way he treats people, and and just being himself. And remember, he comes into this situation, uh, the draft that he performed poorly on the on the test at the combine, and oh my gosh, is he going to be able to process information? And you know, will he be able to make you know sound decisions? And. um you know i think i think nfl gms and coaches now will have to take a long look and whether that whether that cognitive test that test that he took is really that important um because look at the results from cj stroud thus far
1: that would be true accuracy is a good thing that maybe overcomes some of those testing scores so that that's a, certainly a Yes, I'm an Ohio State fan, actually, and I was uh, impressed throughout his career at Ohio State with his accuracy, which was amazing. And that also kind of fits the next thing here with the offense. Ryan's also brought in a form of the uh, 49ers offense. The scheme and personnel seem to fit with this passing game especially. Is that a good assessment on my part from afar?
0: Yeah, I I think so, Um, and I think that, the emergence of Dalton Schultz the last um, few games. Uh, Early on, he was not seeing the football much. But now when you look, come Sunday on third down, and really this is, I don't think it would surprise people, but Dalton Schultz, tight end, sees a lot of action on third down. Um, He he, he is, you know, that traditional safety blanket, and he has been a guy that that CJ continues to – um, look for on, on third down. The one issue they've had up until maybe the last game was running the football. And um, yeah. I still I still think that that's still an issue. But obviously what Singletary did last week was, was huge. And obviously if they can get that kind of production week in and week out, not that many yards, but in that neighborhood, I think it'll certainly make C.J so much more effective or more effective than he's been, but, you know, I'll be, I'll, I'll say this. We have kind of been down this path before with uh, a, a young quarterback. And I think a lot of people are really excited, but in the back of our head, in the back of many Houston fans' minds is, Uh, when's all this going to come crashing down? When is the quarterback going to get hurt? Or when is he not going to want to play for the Texans anymore? Um, You know, certainly having gone through this, this excitement with Deshaun Watson and, and I think, you know, there's this sense of, okay, well, we have this franchise quarterback. And, and certainly CJ has proven to be, um, some things that Deshaun is, is not like certainly a lot more accurate. And I don't even want to get into the off the field stuff. Um, But, you know, I think there's this, there's this, um, this sense of like, okay, let's, let's take a breath here and let's not get too excited because, you know, we had a franchise quarterback once before. And even before all the issues, the legal issues, Deshaun had stated or um, made it known uh, behind the scenes that he no longer wanted to be a Texan. So I think that there is this sense of like, okay, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit because things are going really well here. Let's hope something doesn't go wrong. Like what happened with the last guy. And again, I'm not talking legal stuff. I'm just talking about his mm-hmm. issues with the organization before all the, that stuff came, came about.
1: Talking Texas with Jason Bristol. All right, so you mentioned the run game last week. That was kind of a revelation. It was kind of like running was an afterthought, or certainly uh, they weren't very effective at that last uh, before last yeah, week. Yeah, more effective than so, an
0: afterthought. It definitely wasn't an afterthought.
1: Yeah, so what So what happened last week? How, how did that explosion happen like that?
0: Well, I think it was, um, you know, the Bengals aren't a great run defense, and I think that that played a major role in this. And for whatever reason, Damian Pierce last season was people were thinking, okay, we you know we've got something here. And I don't know if if it's a situation where he doesn't um, fit the new scheme here very well, or um, he seems a little lighter this season. And currently, he's injured, but um, it, it, it that has been a big head scratcher, given what the promise uh, Damian Pierce had last season. And now that they've turned to Singletary, and I I think a lot of it had to do with guys being healthy along the offensive line, uh, and then obviously the Bengals' run defense not being, uh, let's say, stout. So I think that you put those factors in mostly, more so maybe with the the Bengals' run defense. uh, I think that that played a major role.
1: Okay, so full disclosure, I'm not as familiar with the uh, you know, personnel on the Texans' defensive side of the ball, so kind of give us a what, – what do we need to know about this defense heading into Sunday?
0: Well, they've been I, – I would say the biggest thing right now is injuries. Um, their their injury report the last couple of weeks has looked like a menu at the Cheesecake Factory, like it's that long. <laughs> and, um, you know, right now you're you're looking at – um, Henry Toa Toa is, is, has not practiced the last two weeks, a linebacker rookie out of Alabama. Jimmy Ward uh, did not play last week either. He has been dealing with a hamstring injury. You have um, Will Anderson was limited on Wednesday. Of course, Will Anderson, um, Cardinals fans will know that name since – He's the guy that the Texans drafted with the Cardinals pick in the last draft has been really good. Not, you know, you look at the numbers, um, the traditional stats, they don't blow you away, but he has been, um, especially uh, defending the run, he's been one of the best um, around, and and he's been everything as advertised. And pass rush is pretty good. Will Anderson, Jonathan Grenard, um, those are guys that, uh, and Jerry Hughes, who's been around the league for a long time, They've been yeah. really, really good, and but really injuries. Linebacker really thin right now with the suspension of Perryman. a Toa is hurt, so um, it really is remarkable with all the injuries uh, that they were able to beat one of the best quarterbacks in football last week in Joe Burrow. But um, I think injuries uh, is 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 a big is a big thing right now for the Texans and I think a lot of people around here are wondering okay is this going to be a trap game you know you've won two straight the Cardinals um, certainly don't have a great record but we also know the situation of look you just got your quarterback back and the the record the record they have is not really indicative of this team with the quarterback they currently have now so um, you know this could be one of those those proverbial trap games for the Texans especially when they've got a big uh, conference matchup coming up next week
1: yeah we Jacksonville next week right so yeah yep, no doubt yep, they yep. already, already they already beat them once uh, so yeah which,
0: uh, I, which was also surprising I think given early in the season I, I and the way they won they, they were dominating
1: yep no doubt I do mm-hmm. know Stingley uh, when healthy he's good um, so you know why is he so good when he's healthy
0: Well, you know, he's, uh, he has all the tools, but you know, if you had to do a redraft of that draft, um, I think every single Texans fan that fills NRG would much rather have soft Gardner. And um, probably most teams would want to have a soft Gardner. Let's be honest. um, Derek Stingley, when you look at the draft, the draft status and the uh, amount of time he spent on the field, he had injury issues at LSU and they have not stopped in in the NFL. He's been on the injury report, although not this week. But he has not been on the field consistently, and that's been a big, big issue. Um, anything you gotta get out of Derek Stingley right now is better than nothing. So, um, you know, I think that it's a situation where um, the Texans just. Wanna get him on the field and have him stay on the field and then we'll see what we've got. But it's really hard to evaluate him because he just hasn't been healthy enough.
1: You know, you mentioned the Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray's healthy now, returning to the state of Texas, where he was a high school legend. Is that a big deal that he's coming back to Texas in Texas?
0: Well, I don't think so. Um, you know, it's not like he's from here. I mean, certainly Texas right. is a big state. Um right. But, uh, no, I, I think more so it's just, it's, it's like this guy can do so many different things and that's, that's, that can be a handful. And I think that that's the big thing, um, with, with Kyler Murray and this, this, this idea that maybe this is a, a, a trap game. Of course, dad played it at Texas A&M, which, which isn't too far, um, You know, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's one of those situations. I think um, it's more so just what this guy can, what this guy can do in terms of his running, his passing and everything else. I think that's, that's more of a, of a concern here or, or a thought or a storyline than than the fact that he's from Texas, because listen, there's a lot of quarterbacks from Texas. Baker Mayfield uh, was here not too long ago. Um, You know, if you got a Houston kid, um, you know, actually, I would argue like if Clayton Toon was still your quarterback, it might be more of a story because <laughs> he was here for so long at, at the University of Houston.
1: He might get some goal line snaps based on what we saw last week. So it's oh, uh, really? That's uh, what he's, he's some... been doing, huh? Well, he did last week. That's the first time that Murray has been back. So yeah, you know, he did okay. get uh, Kind of, kind of a goal line package, and we kind of got a thought that maybe that would be the same uh, at least moving forward. So little, little hmm. scouting report from here on that. All right, as far as this trap game possibility, um, some of the betting market's not buying into the trap game thing because uh, the Texans have been bet up to five-point favorites now on Sunday in a lot of locations around the world. So uh, do the Texans win another game, in your opinion? And if they do, do they cover the five?
0: I'm going to say they win, and I'm going to say they do cover. Um I think again this just tells you the state of Houston Texans football. It has been so long. This season was the first time they had been favored in a game since like 2019. So it's not it's very rare for them to be favored, but it wouldn't surprise me either way because where this team is, where this team is at the stage of their development under this I guess new regime. I mean Nick Casario, the GM's been here, but under this this uh the new coach in, in D'Amico Ryan's and his play caller Bobby Slowick, it wouldn't surprise me if they lost because there's gonna be ups and downs when you have a when you have a, a young group like this. But I think being at home and there is this idea of Let's let's really fill out this stadium, and and Houston fans are notoriously late getting to game. So early in the game, you might see a, a lot of the stands not empty, but less full. And um, there's this idea, like, hey, let's let's get this stadium packed for the entire game, not not show up late in the first quarter. So I, I think when you put the crowd in it, um, the only thing again that worries me is is the injuries. If you're a Texans uh, a fan, the injuries are, are you just wonder how much longer you can go with all these injuries, but um, in CJ we trust. That that's the motto here right now in, right. in in Houston, and and I think I think um, you know what I'm going to say. They're not going to cover. I'm going to say it's another close game. I'm going to say maybe three or four points. So I'm going to say they they don't cover, and I think the Texans will win. Just you talked me, out of, it, you talk me okay, out of it, man. You talked me out of it.
1: I I really, really talked you out of it. Come on. Give me a break. (laughs) I I, I just mentioned it. Okay. So there you go, Jason. Good stuff. I appreciate it. Have fun. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Jason Bristol of KHOU in Houston, uh, KHOU 11 in Houston. Uh, Good stuff from him. And I understand the enthusiasm there and uh, you know, long time since they've been favored in a game. That's true. And, Will the Cardinals be a favorite in any game this year? Not to this point. They haven't been. Next week against the Rams? The Cardinals win this game, and maybe the Rams are not good against the Seahawks? But I must also full disclosure here, I think the Rams are going to beat the Seahawks this weekend in Los Angeles. Next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, and also today's local roundup. I'll include a little more on the Cardinals, time pending, and who knows what else? Maybe a little ASU basketball. A very fortunate victory last night for the Sun Devils. And uh, like I said, if uh, time pending, we'll get to a little bit of that. Uh, don't forget, we'll I'll go through tons of NFL and college games. And the, uh, the Friday spread, that'll be in the uh, during the Extra Point, hosted by Kayla, between 11 o'clock and 1. So stay tuned for that. Right now, you're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle X HD2
0: 100.7. Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's local roundup.
1: So it's Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castle Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to jump aboard right now to the KDUS hotline, 602-260-1060. General dis- discussion if you'd like to chime in. A little more on the Cardinals and uh, the Texans. Uh, the Cardinals 2 and 8. They remain uh, five-point underdogs in most locations against the 5 and 4 Texans. Cardinals are now 5-5 five and five against the spread this season. The Texans are also, in addition to their 5-4 and straight-up record, they are 5-4 and four ATS. Meanwhile, the Cardinals and Texans are among six teams that made game-winning field goals with no time remaining in uh, regulation in Week 10. That's the most in regulation in a single week in NFL history. It was quite exciting last weekend. Uh, meanwhile, last week also, the Texans became the first team since the Colts In 1998, with a 350-yard passer, a 150-yard rusher, that was Devin Singletary. Uh, We talked about Stroud in the last segment. And a 150-yard receiver, that was Tank Dell. They did all that in the same game, first time since the 1998 Colts. Meanwhile, Sheldon Rankin, uh, Rankins, that's plural. He had a season high, uh, actually a career high, three sacks last week. That's somebody that uh, the Cardinals are going to have to you know, figure out how to keep off the quarterback or at least chasing Kyler Murray. And he's an interior lineman. The Cardinals' interior offensive front, the, the two guards in center, no matter who they are, have had problems in pass protection this year. So, uh, you know, that's uh, definitely a key to pay, you know, really pay attention to. If you're into history, and you really shouldn't be, but the last time they played was here. Uh, in uh, 2021, it was a Davis Mills start and it was a disaster for the Texans. Cardinals won that game 31 to 5. that particular I were watching that game. that wasn't uh, not much happening in that game, quite frankly. Also this season, the offense, so, though the Texans offense, uh, you take these two teams and combine the offense and defense and the four units, et cetera. The Texans offense by far the best of any of these units. Sixth in the yard, in the, in the league in yards per game now, and second in points per game. That would be correct. And that's C.J. Stroud against the uh, Cardinals. Poor pass defense, that would seem to be a mismatch. Stroud now second in the NFL with 2,626 passing yards and 15 touchdowns and just the two interceptions this year. Uh, Tank Dell, uh, University of Houston product, Uh, Played with uh, Clayton Toon, in fact, at the University of Houston. He has at least 55 yards receiving and a touchdown in consecutive games. He missed some time because of injury. And Dalton Schultz, who we touched on briefly in the last segment, I'll touch on him a little more right now. He has at least one touchdown reception in three straight home games. And the Cardinals have had some problems against tight ends. For many years, uh, and uh, periodically at times this year, against tight ends, they haven't faced that many good tight ends this year. Schultz is definitely a pass-catching tight end. If you're into the turnover ratio thing, uh, the Texans are a plus four. The Cardinals are a minus three. All right, uh, and one other quick thing, I guess, so you got just a random thing here. It's an Ohio State uh, reunion here. Paris Johnson, the Cardinals' first-round pick. From Ohio State was the left tackle last year for one C.J. Stroud, the quarterback at Ohio State last year. All right, the Sun Devils, 23-and-a-half point home underdogs at last look, which was about an hour ago, at least in uh, the uh, you know consensus markets around the world. Uh, the Sun Devils against Oregon, 9-and-1 Oregon that on Saturday, and the 7-and-2 uh, Wildcats, 7-and-3 Wildcats, excuse me, one point uh, home favorites on Saturday night, against 7-3 and three Utah. All right, also on the local front, one other quick thing here on the local roundup for today. ASU Hoops, very fortunate to win last night. ASU scored 17 of the last 21 points after they were badly outplayed for the majority of the game against UMass Lowell. UMass Lowell, is a, they've been a Division One college basketball program for 10 years. They have a grand total of one victory over a Power 5 conference program. That was Tuesday night against Georgia Tech, and they almost got another one last night. ASU, uh, they have a lot of transfers. We talked about this briefly last week. Seven Division I transfers. Clearly, they have not quite figured out how to play together at this point. ASU, I think, was most disturbing last night, and disturbing is the correct word here. They got out-hustled. And they were really lucky they won this game. Yeah, you know, they, you know, they didn't get hardly any loose balls. It took them a while to kind of show any kind of energy, in my opinion, in this game. And then once they fell behind, they kind of dug themselves a further hole. And they got really lucky. The reason they won this game is because UMass Lowell turned it over seven times in the last three minutes of the game. Uh, some of them were forced against the ASU pressure. Some were just you know, not good plays, and I think they just kind of uh, put their hands around their throat, quite frankly, and choked that game away. If we were doing a UMass Lowell uh, broadcast, or, uh, you know, radio show, podcast, broadcast, etc., cetera, that was a game that uh, UMass Lowell clearly lost, and ASU didn't necessarily win. So next up for ASU, Thanksgiving night in Las Vegas. Actually, Las Vegas is a great place to be on Thanksgiving if you aren't somebody that cooks, you know, turkey dinner or have Thanksgiving. The buffets in Las Vegas. When I lived there on Thanksgiving Day, that was tremendous. That was great, and uh, so used to round up some of my handicapping and gambling friends and you know go to. We went to several casinos. So, you know, Mirage was the best place to go back in those days, but that was many years ago. But anyway, next Thursday night. Thanksgiving night in Las Vegas, a 10 o'clock Arizona time start. Uh, that's going to be against BYU in Las Vegas. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's um with the National Roundup. That'll include, we'll get to a little bit of the, uh, the NFL game from last night, mostly injuries in that game last night. You missed it earlier. We'll kind of give you an update on the injury situation and even further uh, delved in a little more the Joe Burrow espionage. I didn't know Kyle Whittingham was coaching the Bengals. People were thinking, what is he talking about? Well, Kyle Whittingham for weeks and months deceived us or lied about the status of some of his uh, top players for Utah. And it looks like it appears that the Bengals did the same thing with Joe Burrow. Uh, during the week before last night's game, and the NFL apparently is curious as to what's going on there. Uh, unfortunately, also, the Bengals suffered two other key injuries, and Mark Andrews got hurt last night. We'll give you the latest on all that when we come back.
0: Tune in weekdays to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp from 9 to 10 a.m. on KTUS AM 1060, KTUS1060.com, and with the KTUS 1060 app. It's time for today's national roundup.
1: Welcome back. Final segment today. Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLux HD2 100.7. From the football scoreboard, the Ravens and the Bengals each lost key players to injury last night. Uh, on to the game itself, or at least the, the, the kind of the headlines here after the injuries. I'll get to the injuries in a minute. Kyle uh, Lu- uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw two touchdown passes in the second quarter. One of them obviously off a lucky bounce. And the Ravens beat uh, Cincinnati 34 to 20 on Thursday night. Uh, you know Joe Burrow lost in that game to a wrist injury. More on that in a second too. The AFC North leading Ravens down six and uh, eight and three. Excuse me, completed the head-to-head sweep of Cincinnati, which is five and five, and uh, they are now two and a half games ahead of the last-place Bengals, who have lost now 14 consecutive primetime road games. Uh, meanwhile, Burrow left in the second quarter after throwing a touchdown and uh, was not able to return. This week, is, uh, you know, the Burrow, in practice, was wearing a brace on his throwing hand. He did not appear officially uh, or unofficially on the uh, pregame injury report. And the NFL, according to the various insiders today, are investigating the Bengals and the Burrow situation before last night. Meanwhile, the Bengals also lost uh, starting uh, defensive backs Cam Taylor-Britt and D.J. Turner because of injuries last night. And on the Baltimore side, tight end and Valley product Mark Andrews expected to miss the rest of the season because he, uh, after suffering the uh, ugly-looking ankle injury, in the first drive of that game last night for Baltimore. Other things. Uh, ripped from the headlines from the wire, kind of a combination thereof here. College football, Michigan, and Jim Harbaugh agreed with the Big Ten that the three-game suspension uh, is uh, what they'll follow. Uh, they've dried, they, There's no hearing today in Ann Arbor. That's all gone. It uh, means that Harbaugh will not coach tomorrow in Maryland, even though he did say today, or at least they released a statement today, one or the other, or both, that he's traveling uh, with uh, Michigan to Maryland uh, for the game tomorrow. And also Harbaugh will not coach the season finale next week in Ann Arbor against Ohio State. According to ESPN, uh, the uh, Big Ten agreed uh, to close its investigation, which means it will not be, uh, you know, won't have that hearing today, and they're done with this. The NCAA is, however, not done with this, so that'll be the next thing, but the way the ncaa works you know we'll probably all you know you know, have different lives by the time the ncaa actually gets around to that case meanwhile mac brown plans to return uh, to north carolina next year in 2024 every year there's a you know mac brown may retire story and you can kind of get that because he's he's even older than me uh that's despite speculation that uh you know, that this was going to be his last season. So he, uh, he, the school in a statement yesterday released that uh, Mac Brown will return as the UNC coach next year. Meanwhile, I heard through the grapevine and the coaching thing, uh, to, uh, Tulane, uh, not, they're not nearly as yeah, I know they're ranked and all that. They were a really good team last year. They're a bogus team this year with only one loss, and they're really not that good. But Willie Fritz is reportedly a top candidate for the Mississippi State coaching job. That would seem to be a good fit for him. Seriously, I think he's a good coach. And Mississippi State, they don't go crazy if you don't win unless you're really bad like they were this year, and they're not going to put up with that. Uh, But it's not like a lot of SEC schools that if you don't win, you're out in like five seconds. So we'll see how that goes if Willie Fritz is the next coach at Mississippi State. Meanwhile, NFL, Robert Sala declared, if Aaron Rodgers wants to play, he will play. But I'm guessing the big question is going to be, does he want to play? Uh, the Jets have a losing record. And uh, you know, what Rodgers is supposedly thinking about playing is like in the middle of December, Will he come back? If they don't get better, and I'm not sure the Jets are going to get any better. 35 possessions now without a touchdown for the Jets. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball will play the 2005 All-Star Game in Atlanta, four years after uh, you know moving the game from Truist Park to Coors Field, after the objections. I remember, it was the uh, the Georgia's voting rights uh, laws that back in. Uh, you know, four years ago. So that's, uh, remember that whole controversy there. Rob Manfred made the announcement uh, that the game will be in Atlanta next year. Uh, Following an owner's meeting, Manfred had a press conference yesterday and covered all kinds of things, including this. Meanwhile, from the NBA, the Lakers reportedly interested in trading for former UCLA player Zach Levine, who the Bulls have decided they're going to part ways. If you're a Lakers fan... My my advice would be you want them to get Zach Levine because he's a selfish player, which I pointed out when he played here for UCLA against Arizona State. And uh, not surprisingly, the Bulls don't want him around anymore. And, you know, apparently he doesn't want to be around the Bulls anymore, so they're going to trade him at some point. Meanwhile, Charlotte Hornets forward Miles Bridges scheduled to uh, return to the court, from the court. Uh, that's two different things. But he's been in court. Now he's going to return to the court. He has not played in 583 games. He's supposed to be back tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks uh, for one of these in-tournament games. I don't think that's anything to do with why he's coming back now. But you know, he obviously uh, had a domestic violence case last year. He's had a couple of other issues uh, off the floor in the last couple of years. Good player when he's on the floor. Is he worth all this trouble? I personally don't think so. I don't know what the contractual situation is with him. And it seemed like there would be some kind of out clause in the contract if you had some legal issues. But apparently that's not the case with him. And he's scheduled to make his debut first time in a couple years uh, tonight for the Hornets in the NBA. All right, stay tuned. Next two hours, it'll be the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That'll include the Friday spread and our weekly NFL Prop Bed segment. More phone call time, lots of stuff going on. 602 260 1060, this has been The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.